welcome to another episode of the Mars Offside podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of me, an eight-year-old, beating Oscar, a football podcaster, in the Predictor League. My name is Finley Stimpson, also known as Two Points Behind the Other Host, Chuck Bailey, the only man to be on every episode of the Mars Offside podcast. There we go, Chuck. You've got your 100% wow. credit. <laughs> and that's what all the cool kids can brag about, 100% attendance. Exactly. Yeah, baby. <laughs> While your girlfriend was still delivering the afterbirth, you were here. Yeah, I was here plugging away as she was plugging away. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> no, big shout that's out a there. Shame. Good old Finley getting involved there, who I incidentally I met over the weekend. Me and you um, hung out for a bit, didn't we, Ian? Up in, up in the land of the posh. Up in the north? Uh, it was really, yeah, in the proper north. I had got something, actually, because we had a lovely time, a lovely time. Um, <laughs> but, you know, being in the north, you can't help but notice if anyone ever walks out of Peterborough train station and uh, goes along the footbridge and sees all of the asbestos warnings. <laughs> um, just wanted to yeah. ask about that, Ian. Shit, yeah, I forgot to warn you about that, actually, yeah. I mean, don't hit the walls or anything. You're no, gonna... no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. well, welcome to Peterborough. Don't breathe in. <laughs> <laughs> and there we go. <laughs> well, proper introduction. Now, as you all know, Oscar is off sunning himself somewhere like a prick. And uh, we've got someone in in his stead. Most of you will know him through the podcast as our resident punching bag. Uh, <laughs> he also writes, produces and stars in his own podcast, Adam in Audio. Apparently, he's quite a good FP player as well at 35 who it is mr adam p ladies and gentlemen welcome adam yay i'll give myself a little round of applause <laughs> Why not? Why not? Yeah. well thanks for having me on guys yeah it's in some ways it's a shame oscar can't be here but i feel like the <laughs> level of abuse will be toned down a little bit with just you two guys so uh well i don't, I don't know mate because this is this is the good thing is that now with oscar not here you know you can you can kind of get your own back it's like that dave benson phillips program for kids isn't it you can just <laughs> you can just start slating him especially after you know the weekend that chelsea have had and and how arsenal have been doing recently well yeah the issue is is that not to like go behind the curtain or anything, but we're recording as Arsenal are playing Watford. And so I don't want to go in too hard early on when we're only sort of 10 minutes into the match and then Arsenal gets spanked 5-0 and Troy Deeney scores a hat-trick and I'll say, I'll keep my powder dry. <laughs> I'll keep my powder dry. Yeah. So. Fair enough. But are you, are you watching the match? Have you got any, uh, any feed of the match now? So like you say, it's Monday night, Arsenal are playing Watford, it's 10 minutes in. And it looks like Arsenal won up. And has Troy Deeney been sent off? Oh, I just saw that. I've... Yeah, it looks like Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal have gone 1-0 up. I think you and might Troy be right. And Troy Deeney has been sent off. He threw an elbow by the looks of it. Go for, go for Icarus, mate. Fly close to the sun. Start slagging off Chelsea. I Feel think you free. might be all right. Oh, my God. No, yeah. This is a free hit as far as Oscar's concerned, I think, mate. Yeah, the punching bag tables have fully turned. In... Oscar's absence, I will try and form some sort of semblance of hosting duties. And as ever, we will start off with the classic segment of Rapid, Rapid, Rapid Fire News. Our top story this evening. Uh, Non-league team Padleyham have been fined for leaving a pitch in protest at racist abuse. Now, leaving the pitch in protest... 
after one of the, after their goalkeeper specifically uh, was receiving racist abuse from fans. The club has been fined £165 for leaving the pitch. And the club that was delivering the racist abuse was fined 160 um, oh, Jesus sake. Christ. Yeah, so, you know, there's the weird kind of bureaucracy. But do you think this is kind of the way things will start to go now that with an increase of the amount of incidents with this, with like Raheem Sterling and Danny Rose and all kinds of stuff, that we might see this in, in more of the bigger leagues of teams literally walking walking out of the stadium? Well, it should be. I mean, how in the current climate of, like you say, there's been more and more racist incidents how, I mean, is this, uh, it's non-league, so I mean, I don't know how far the, down this is. Is this the FA doing this, or I don't know whether it'd be yeah, like so a local... Yeah, so it is by the FA, yeah. Right, okay. Paddling, so like... Padleyham FC of the Northwest Counties Football League. <laughs> okay, fine. So it's very much non-league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so whoever's dishing out those fines, are they so tone deaf as to what's going on in wider football at the minute that that's not going to be picked up on. I mean, for Christ's sake. It's really bizarre, but I found it interesting what Sterling said over the weekend about how he didn't want players to walk off the pitch if they received racist abuse or something like that. Did he? Yeah, so he he has said that walking off the pitch lets the racists win, but, I mean, we've we've heard so many different things of, of, you know, FIFA officials telling people to go for the vigilante justice route. Um, with if they hear racist abuse in the stands, I think that's right in in a way, you know, not to start beating on other people, but yeah, yeah, to name and shame and point out and and display to these people that it's not. Yeah, acceptable. that is the best way to deal with it. Report it immediately. I mean, that is easier said than done, especially if you're with, I don't know, with kids and blah blah blah. It, but yeah, that is the easiest way to deal with it immediately in the instance. Mm. But I mean, the the authorities have got to sort this bizarre attitude out. It's insane. We're launching a no room for racism thing and then just it just seems like they've got no sort of uh, follow through thinking when it comes to fining and dealing with it. Yeah, I think that's the issue is that they've got no sort of afterthought. They see racism in football as solely racism in football rather than thinking maybe there's something going on outside the turnstiles. It's yeah. You can't solve racism in football you probably can't solve racism but maybe if you had some sort of rehabilitation or education programs to illustrate the effect that this kind of thing has on people's lives and put the money into that rather than filling it up like filling up your own coffers and stuff like that yeah Mm -hmm. yeah especially because i don't you know as much as we've seen stuff recently with stadium bans and people not being allowed in with the chelsea prague game because they were recognized on the on the social media which is amazing for the the horrendous songs about mo salah um you just think when i go to a football match my id isn't checked it's you know i could buy a ticket for anyone i could get a ticket by any means so you know i could be banned and still easily get into games mm. so you wonder at what point when when do they start bringing in more criminal proceedings against people to actually show that this is serious like it's disgusting in in every capacity the fact that you feel that you can discriminate on someone based on their skin never mind the fact that you feel that you can scream at a stranger all of a sudden i mean these people they wouldn't do it on the street i don't i don't walk down the street ever you know Maybe it does happen. I, I would never say that it wasn't, but you never see people just screaming racist abuse on a high street. But yeah. at a football, you can have people chanting for Tommy Robinson and and you know making monkey noises and all this kind of stuff in a mob mentality. It's absolutely and disgusting. And the thing is, it? it's not it's not seventeen year olds who you could argue when they grow up might know better. It's 
you know, half the time it's fucking 50-year-old people who just think, sort yourself out, mate. It's just, what's going, you know, well, yeah, it's just people upset with their own lives projecting, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's sort of, you think, oh, these people should know better, but fundamentally, should they know better? Uh, Yeah, obviously, but they clearly don't. So what can we do to resolve it? And I think it was interesting how in, do you remember when, uh, was it Arsenal Man United and the guy ran on and pushed Chris Smalling and then went off to celebrate Mm -hmm. with the Arsenal players? Um, There was like instant calls for, oh yeah, ban this guy for life. And I was like one of them. I was thinking, yeah, I mean, it's clear who he is. You can see his face. Yeah, yeah. Let's just give him a life ban from all of football and then make an example out of these people. And I I guess that's the only way that you can attempt to reduce the incidence of like racist abuse in football. But yeah, it's it's a big problem for sure. No, it's very sad it happens. But, you know, I understand what Raheem Sterling says, but I think good on Paddyham. They they shouldn't accept that kind of bullshit. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. You know, to be fined 165 quid is is ridiculous. But anyway, so moving on to uh, podcast favourite, Colin Warlock, Neil Warnock, <laughs> is going to appeal against his disrepute charges after called all Premier League referees the worst in the world. He's he's had such a tough time recently with refs. Like, oh, poor yeah, guy. Yeah, he, he has. But I'm, I just think punish the misses. Yeah, to be fair, it's his missus saying that he should go around punching refs. I was going to say, yeah, the police should go around their house and have a word with her because she sounds like a violent, violent woman. Yeah, any, or or just anything to get out of the house with, with Neil, I don't, I don't know. It's, um... yeah. Oh, yeah, can you imagine the pent-up aggression you'd have if you were Neil Warnock's wife? God, <laughs> that is a horrible situation. Now, I'm starting to feel sorry for her. Uh, see, I, I don't know. I think, I think Warlock, Warnock's a nice guy. Like, I've always yeah. had a bit of a soft spot for him. I'm quite glad that Cardiff have stuck with him this year as well. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's nice because there are tons of managers in his position that, you know, potentially would have lost their job three times over this year. True. And they, they've really stuck with him after the fantastic work he did on a, on a shoestring, getting him up to the Premier League. I mean, yeah. let's not forget, it was Fulham and uh, Wolves spent big, but Cardiff didn't. And... You know, they had the tragedy with Emiliano Sala. So it has yeah. been, you know, imagine the emotions going through that team. But when you're getting such bad offside calls that, that well, they aren't offside calls. It's not happening. And you're <clears> just <throat> seeing yourself potentially losing millions and millions of pounds in revenue, potentially losing your job. How could, could it not just be allowed to criticise referees? I mean, when it, and it is a clear error that has been made, especially in the case of that Chelsea goal. Yeah, and to be fair, I think the one after the Burnley game was, uh, I think Mike Dean was ref, which, let's be honest, is fair enough. If you're going to criticise Mike Dean, I'm I'm going to be on board with that. Hey now, careful. (laughs) But no, you leave Dino alone. Got his 100th red card. (laughs) I think it was his 100th, uh, because it was also, he sent off Ashley Young, didn't he? For his 100th red card. And I think he also sent off Ashley Young for his first red card as well. Or something no, like that. Really? There was some sort of really nice symmetry to that whole thing. I think thing. it was his, his, his like thousandth yellow card as well or something. Yeah. Was he waiting for Man United so that he could just give that symmetry? The fucking... He knows exactly what he's doing. Of course he does. He loves a narrative. Only Mike Dean would do that. But yeah, it's, it's interesting what you were saying, Jug, about um, the, the whole Neil Warnock thing. Because I felt like he was the kind of guy who took a lot of teams up from the championship 
and then like you're saying never really got his chance in the big leagues and yeah he's never he's never done well he's he's been all around the place i mean he was with palace uh, you yeah. know he's, he's done two two stints with palace and he was there um he was the manager that brought uh, zaha back from from united hmm. um which was amazing um, <laughs> for less than we sold him for cash back um <laughs> and yeah so just to see him get a run especially you know he's one of the older managers and, you know, that classic English manager, as much as he might be a bit outspoken about Brexit and, and whatever <laughs> happens there. You know, uh, um, mm-hmm. But I, I've definitely noticed, now. I don't know whether it's because VAR is impending, but there have been a lot more offside gaffes recently and it seems like there's at least one every week at the minute. Yeah, I know what you mean. It feels, I can't tell whether it's the referees are, like Walnut says, just not very good. Or whether it's because there's the increased scrutiny with, like you were saying, the VAR hanging over us all and we know it's coming in next season. So these decisions are being analysed a bit closer. I'm not sure which way around it is. I mean, how how bad or good are the referees in the Premier League? I mean, I don't watch a great deal of um, continental football or anything. So I don't, I don't really know how good or bad to judge it. I've always sort of assumed Premier League refs would be very good. But I mean, do you guys watch any French, Spanish, Italian football? I mean, are we are we dealing with particularly bad referees? I think it's difficult because every every country noticeably has a huge difference in style. Um, but yeah, I mean, of course, if you look yeah. at, if you look at the World Cup, you know there were plenty of decent referees from all around the world, and it and it says a lot that there were no English refs at the World Cup. Yeah, I thought that was quite interesting because quite often a lot of English refs have previously had quite high profile matches, like. Clattenburg's done a couple of Champions League finals and uh, Howard Webb did the 2010 World Cup final, I think. That rings a bell. So I think there are individuals, individual English and British referees who are quite good. But I think there's sort of the sense that perhaps because they're not used to using VAR and technology, they're slightly falling behind. Like you see a lot of continental referees are much certainly now they've some of them have certainly adapted and they're much quicker to use the technology whereas mm-hmm. i think it's been really really noticeable in the fa cup the referees themselves look unsure what to do a lot of the time yeah i don't think they know which way round to use the system whether to yeah. do the whole raising the offside flag or keeping it down. I know there's been a lot of confusion about yeah, that as well. That's something Dave was saying about the VAR being used in the Australian league. Yeah, about, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah but, I'd, you know, I've, I've been thinking about that and there are, there are simple tweaks. I mean, you've got... People don't want it to override the referee's decision, right? However, you currently have the state where, well, the referee doesn't call offside, so you already get someone else. He always has had someone else to do that. So in a way, a linesman does always override a referee's decision or assist him mm. in in how it goes. So what's wrong with a video assistant referee potentially with the offside kind of calls? If it gets missed, can instantly be in the ear of every official there just saying offside, offside, offside straight away because that's clear cut yeah. and instant. You then have the other decisions which are obviously then when there's, you know, is it a penalty, is it not, etc. that you can still have that, oh, I'll go to the screens, etc. Mm-hmm. But with something like offside, there's no room for interpretation. It's, were they in the offside position when the ball was played, plain and simple? Why can't there just be that down the line, this is what it is? Yeah, I think it's sort of, I don't know if you two watch rugby at all, but that's sort of how the extra official works in that. So there'll be... 
and you'll be able to hear it on the TV as well, which is mm-hmm. really useful. Yeah. So it will say the video or the equivalent of, let's say, the VAR official would say, okay, yeah, you might want to have a look at that or this person was offside, disallow the goal or this person did a foul or elbowed somebody or something like that. And then give a raise the issue to the referee on the pitch who then makes the ultimate decision. I think that's I think that's a really good way of doing it, and that's sort of how it worked at the World Cup, as far as I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did. It worked really well, and hopefully, what that will mean is that Neil, you know, Neil gets kept out of trouble a bit more. His wife doesn't get put away, um, <laughs> and, and everything will be fine. The Warnock household will be calm for once. Exactly. Speaking of videos, now this came out just as we kind of released the last podcast, um, but an Argentinian football fan. Um, has had a tattoo oh, uh, on his leg of a QR code, which links to his team, River Plate, uh, winning the Copa Libertadores final um, against Boca Juniors. Um, obviously, in true internet style, after posting this, uh, quite a lot of Boca fans appealed to YouTube to get the video taken down due to copyright, and it is Genius. now a dead link. <laughs> Have you ever heard of anything so petty? <laughs> Or oh, amazing! Got, I was going to say you've got with there being petty. I was going to say you were with petty. That was <laughs> I, I found it hilarious to be honest. Yeah, was, I think this guy's a fucking no, moron. No, 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 no. Oh no, 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 no. He, I, I mean, from the Boca fans' point of view. Yeah, like, like, the, you do this, <laughs> we're going to get you back. It is amazing. I would a hundred percent do that. If some Cambridge prick could put a QR code on it of uh, whenever, whenever Peterborough last lost to Cambridge in the seventies or something, the pricks, I don't know. <laughs> like, a hundred percent, I'd be gunning for that. Yeah, it's probably twenty-first century fandom though, getting the QR code. It's like, yeah. oh dear. you know, in twenty years, like QR codes won't even be a thing, and like his kids will be like, "What the fuck is that, Dad?" Like, just... so have you got a really bad rash or something? Do you need to go see the doctor? <laughs> How bit, where did he have it tattooed? Is it on his leg, uh, did you say? It's on the back of his calf, yeah. Or like right, the side okay. of his calf. Okay. Um, but, you know, being young, it's about getting stupid tattoos anyway. So, you know. Oh, hello. Is there some experience there? <laughs> I don't know, but I just mean, you no? know, how many okay. people... Yeah, well, yeah, I do have a stupid tattoo. But, <laughs> oh. you know, how many people go in and get, you know, Chinese characters and it turns yeah. out that it's, it's you know, toilet dumpster or something like that on their arm. But they're like, it means hope. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Fucking douche. Yeah, yeah, bit of a worry. <laughs> Little bit of a worry. Uh, and finally, to wrap it up, again, this broke into our last uh, podcast, but we didn't get confirmation uh, at the time. But Harry Kane is. You're not, and finally, like... with the West West Brom uh, fan shitting himself what? in the stands. <laughs> How did I miss that? No, have you not seen that? No. Have you not seen... Oh, there it's... was a fantastic oh. video. Yep. Brilliantly, though, the, the tweet we. The tweet we retweeted, like so the copyright owner had complained about it. So I don't know if you'll still be able to find it now, but there's this West Brom fan who just sort of like... What the up- fuck? I got the QR code tattooed on my arm and everything. <laughs> <laughs> this is... Oh, oh mate. Oh, All dear. I wanted to do was, any time I felt like I was having a bad day, scan that, see a bloke walking up to his seat, thinking uh... he shit himself and doing the shit walk down the stairs. <laughs> 
such a noble thing to tattoo on you as well. I'm so know, sorry, right? Chuck. Yeah, just brilliant. Just immediately just catches his ass and then runs back down the stairs. I'll have to find it, find another version and see if I can tweet it. Sorry, oh you had a serious, you had a serious news item. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, serious news. <laughs> yeah, just Harry Kane. Yeah, out for the season. Yeah, after suffering a significant ligament injury to his ankle, obviously people are moaning because of England and with Tottenham as well. I, mostly it just affects me because I brought him in on fantasy and uh, just, <laughs> just brought this up for bitterness. <laughs> I was going to say you'll, you'll hear no moaning from me. I mean, my side of <laughs> my side of London, we're uh, we're pretty okay with it. I'll be honest. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think to be honest, at their side of London, they will be as well. Is if you look uh, at the stats um, with Kane this season, uh, Tottenham have played 39 games and have a win percentage of 61.5%. Uh, but without Kane, they played eight games and won sixty six point seven percent. Yeah, it's hmm. interesting how um, Hyungman Son really seems to step up when Kane when Kane's been injured, and I think it's going to increasingly happen because it's his ankle again. Is it? Is it the same yeah. ankle? And the I mean, I don't want to invoke the name of Jack Wilshire, but the same <laughs> thing happened to him. Jack, Jack Wilshire. Yeah, Jack Wilshire. Exactly. <laughs> Harry, his ankle is caned. <laughs> something, something like that. That's, Tenuous that's pun. Easily a high enough bar for this podcast, mate. That's fine. <laughs> exactly. That's why it needs work. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's um, I th- he keeps on getting rushed back from injury far too quickly, and he's clearly he hasn't really been super fit all season. It hasn't looked like it anyway. And so I wonder, to be honest, if they'd just be better off if they can get a fee for him this summer, like moving him on, funding the stadium, and rebuilding a lot of the squad that is aging in general yeah it's not it's it's not a bad shout that i mean obviously it's easy for you to say get tottenham to sell one it of is best. very easy for me to say <laughs> let me let me make that clear but yeah you know last time they did it they sold bail and they did buy bring in quite a few players i mean a lot of them didn't work out but you still had you know christian erickson and eric lamella out of that mm-hmm. deal so and and you look at where Tottenham are now, that it's it's not the be all and end all, you know, one player. It's the same as we've said before about Eden Hazard that you know if Real Madrid come knocking, it's it's not too bad if if he if they move him on and can reinvest <laughs> that Oscar money. Oscar convinced you somehow that <laughs> Hazard moving on wouldn't be a problem. No, 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 no. I'd I'd already convinced myself. Fuck Oscar's opinion. Yeah, <laughs> uh, his garbage dumpster opinion. Uh, I think especially with Hazard, is that it's so clear he wants away. Like he's. He's not just making kissy faces at Real Madrid. He's writing them Valentine's cards. Like, <laughs> oh, he's unzipping them. He's he's down on his knees and he's he's fully ready to receive. He's like, outside that's... on their driveway, writing in sort of like crayon, sort of "I love you, please take me back." Interesting, you went with crayon rather than spray paint, but um, well, I, yeah, that's know, true. Crayon notably good for drawing on. Concrete. Yeah, I was going to say it'll wash off pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like he hasn't thought through the practicalities of this imaginary yeah. scenario. But exactly, yeah, Eden, <laughs> sort, sort yourself out, Eden. Um, but yeah, you don't don't really worry too much for Tottenham, and that's that's what's weird that they they do seem like they are worse off without Kane, and and the stats do back it up. Um, well, Lorente continues to fluff his lines as well. Constant. I mean, when is he going to step up? Given given a chance, he just seems. I to... think he will step up when he steps back down to the championship. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or or doesn't play for a team that is out of his league. I mean, just drop down to like he he could be one of those players that like could still get fifteen twenty goals a season. Hundred percent. Yeah. 
But yeah, for a team not... that you know, fourteenth <laughs> and down, tenth and down, but somewhere like Tottenham, what's the point? The pressure's on him too much. When he finally does get to play, he's, he's not really going to do anything. So they need proper backup because these ankle ligaments aren't going to get better. No, yeah, for sure. It, they need someone proper because they're not going to get better without surgery, and that's going to mean half a season out or whatever. So. I find it funny, Urente and was it Wanyama combining for the goal, uh, the f- Tottenham's first goal? It was like the most accidentally skillful piece of play I've seen <laughs> by two players who I would define as inherently unskillful, like the least coordinated people ever to step foot on the football pitch. And Urente does this like really subtle dummy, which he probably just whiffed the ball. No idea. Yeah. And then, yeah, no, I didn't know what was going on. And then when Yama, like a sort of horse on ketamine, manages to stumble his way around the goalkeeper and like quite nicely tuck it in the net. I was impressed, I'll be honest. Well, there we go then. So Tottenham will keep blundering through with or without Kane. Like a horse on ketamine. <laughs> like a horse on ketamine, yeah. Well, speaking of North London, are they North London? Who knows? Whichever part of London they decide to move to next. Uh, Adam, as uh, no longer resident punching bag for today, at least, uh, resident good. Arsenal fan. <laughs> um, we don't really talk a lot about Arsenal, apart from Oscar's big outspoken views, um, and mostly just calling them absolute shit heaps and, and all sorts. Um, but how do you feel this year has gone for Arsenal? Obviously, at the minute, you're sitting in sixth. Um, you're playing tonight against Watford, and, and you know you should tidy that away since you're ahead and Deeney's gone. Um, mm. Didn't have the cojones, evidently he didn't. Um, <laughs> but you're in, you're in a pretty good position still, even to finish third. Um, but but how do you feel overall? It's gone. It's it's difficult to tell because I've seen there's been a lot of negative online reaction to Emery as a manager, it, mainly from Arsenal fans, which has been weird. But I mean, I'm really really happy. I'm pretty pretty content with how it's going. I mean, we're two nil up in the quarterfinals of the Europa League. So we're going to Napoli. Yeah, against Napoli as well, not against some shit-heap club, like a decent bloody team. A Champions League quality team, and that's what Arsenal aspire to be, really. So after after such an era and club-defining manager, Emery was always going to struggle. And we saw it with Moyes after, after Ferguson and the struggles that, United have had since and arguably they're only just getting back on their feet really with uh, with what Solskjaer's doing. So to come in and steady the, steady the ship so well and I think he's already shown signs that he could actually be quite a good manager for us. He certainly solidified us and given us an extra grit. Yeah, you know, you compare. You, I think it's it's doing a bit of a disservice to compare him to to what David Moyes did. I mean, the the drop off is is nowhere near mm. um, what what you'd expect or or what it is. And I, I do find it curious that you say there's been a big kind of backlash against Emery because it seems to have flown under the radar a bit. Um, what you know, Sarri, obviously for us being with Oscar and the pod, yeah. it's, it's very easy. To <laughs> we do hear it. about that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he raises it every now and then, doesn't he? Uh, occasionally, occasionally, once or twice, <laughs> once or twice this year. Um, but you don't really see so much of that about Emery. But it, are, are there a lot of Arsenal fans that are really unhappy then, or, or, or and specifically with what? Because you're scoring goals, you're getting decent runs of games. You're you're still in the running for a top three spot in a very, very competitive season after just getting rid of the kind of the last Premier League dynasty, if you will, hmm. um, with, with Wenger's departure. Like, what what is it that is kind of irking 
people with it. It's it's all along the same sort of Wenger in Wenger outlines that there were always at the club, especially in Wenger's sort of latter years since sort of 2010. That's become basically all the fans talk to each other about. It was like it it gets so toxic and so tiring. And so what it is, it appears to me anyway, is that the people who were adamant Wengerites and sort of Arson knows best was the AKBs, they were called in the Arsenal community. It's it's <laughs> so like sad, yeah. I know. I'm cringing just saying it out loud. It's horrible. AKBs. I didn't know that yet. Go on. <laughs> but yeah, um, so they see what Emery is doing is A, fundamentally moving Arsenal away from the attempted ticky-tacka passing football that Wenger tried. Shitty tacker. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> basically shitty shitty tacker. Copyright. Copyright. Ticky cacker, you know. <laughs> Good. Um but yeah, they see Emery's more pragmatic approach as taking Arsenal away from the quote unquote values of the club and they don't like that. And then they look at some of the away performances and say, Oh well this isn't any different to everything that people were moaning about Wenger doing. And so why don't we just keep Arson for another season or, oh, everyone who was so harsh about Arson is suddenly lauding Emery. So I think they're, this is going to sound harsh, I think there's just a lot of people who are quite bitter about the way that Arsene Wenger was treated in his final years. I was going to say, is it just, you know, that football fans in a vast majority don't actually know what they're talking about? Yeah, oddly enough, oddly <laughs> enough. And Twitter doesn't really help with that. You know, yeah. No, especially with Arsenal being such a prevalent... I mean, they win every public vote on like, yeah. Match of the Day and everything like that because just the amount of Arsenal fan activity on Twitter is just... Yeah. On, on all the socials, is mental. Well, it's just in the media generally, there are a lot of Arsenal fans. I mean, Oscar was arguing against you being a guest. I don't know why, but... Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he was... He's punching really. at me when I'm not even here. <laughs> he wasn't really. He wasn't really. But uh, we were having a discussion about Arsenal fans in, in the media. And like I used to work for Sky Sports. And it's true. There were, there were loads of Arsenal fans. Um, I, so is it is it like that? This is interesting for me anyway. Is it that evident behind the scenes as well? Because from an Arsenal fan's perspective, we actually see there being quite a heavy pro Spurs bias. Right. I mean, well, obviously I can only talk about my experiences, but it it seemed like I've never seen a Spurs bias. But to be honest, it might just be a London club thing. I mean, yeah, that's true. Um, although, you know, when I worked for Sky Sports News, it was like they, they were so, so consistently scared of ever saying anything that might alienate a group of fans that it didn't, mm. you know, it didn't matter anyway. People, people would always accuse them of a pro or anti whatever agenda. But mm-hmm. I just mean, yeah, generally just working in the media in London, you just seem to meet more Arsenal fans than anyone. And the percentage of c**ts versus normal people is the <laughs> same as it is with everyone else. You know, I don't think that, I genuinely don't think there's a media bias. But Chuck's right, the number of people who, the number of Arsenal fans who just seem clued up social media wise mm. and everything just means, yeah, you would, you know, like, like he says, you Arsenal win all those polls and everything, but I, yeah. I don't think there's a genuine media bias towards Arsenal or anything, and no more than any other London club or whatever. 
I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, I think Arsenal fan TV might be the worst thing to happen to social media. Arsenal have disassociated themselves yeah. from that. Haven't they? A brand yeah. so toxic, the club that you support doesn't want anything to do with you. It's like, oh, God, maybe have a look in the mirror, lads. You know. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe when people are leaving games early just to be on it. It's, it's probably something oh, wrong with it. Yeah, it's almost as if manufacturing overly toxic opinions that you have isn't really honest in any way, just to make money, you know, and yeah. bringing out lines of snapbacks with your catchphrases on. Jeez, oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's weird. It's almost like people are poised to make money off of it. That's <laughs> oh, a ridi- not a ridiculous concept. Uh, that will never work. Um, Click on our Amazon links for sorry. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> so yeah, Patreon what um, dot com forward slash miles off sidepod. Um, but yeah, it's you know the, the amount of work Emery's had to do, and this is why I don't. I, you know, I agree with you right there. The people that say, "Oh, we would have been in this same situation if Wenger was still here," I mean, it's absolute bullshit because mm. the amount of stuff that he's had to do to change the entire attitude and, and, and get players kind of behind and playing a different way and also doing really well in a European competition and not just, yeah. you know, getting to the group stages, getting to the round of 16 and getting smashed by Bayern 10-2. Um, oh, you know, it's, it's it's all progress <laughs> in a great way. He crumbled a little bit then when you said that, Chuck. <laughs> I was going to say, that actually hurt. Memory. Like, that physically hurt me. <laughs> but something you said earlier about, like, Arsenal fans or, or a portion... The, what was it? AKBs. AKBs. Arsenal's best. best. Um, thinking or that the, he was. Sorry, the other side is the Wob, the Weng, the Wenger Out Brigade. <laughs> it's the Wobs wow. and the AKBs. Why am I not on these Arsenal forums? That's genius. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the idea that Arsenal was badly treated towards the end just seems bizarre to me. I mean, as a as a neutral in this situation, it feels like he was given a lot of time. It feels like he was given. Plenty, plenty of rope mm. to hang himself with. I don't, I don't understand that at all. Yeah, see, that's the issue. Is that I know I can see both sides of the argument. Really, it's sort of he was either given enough time to put the situation right, or he, like you were saying, he was given the rope to hang himself with. And you've I got- don't know. It's, it seems like that because of the way Arsenal structured it, and there's obviously you know you'll know more about it than me. But with not wanting to spend money, etc., and the problems with the board at the top. It almost seems like it's not that they kept giving Arsenal time and that potentially no one wanted that job. I mm. mean, for you as a manager, if you if you come into a big club especially, you think, right, they're going to have money to spend. I want control over transfers. That's such a big part of, of what managers want nowadays. And if they don't, if they know they're not going to get that, then they, they probably wouldn't be interested in any way. So Arsenal potentially just had to keep biding their time with Wenger again and again and again to build up that money pot to to a point that Mm. they'd be happy to let it go i think there was a sense after we ended the trophy drought and beat hull in the fa cup final i think there was a sense for me as well that that was the time he should have left walk out leave on a high you've Mm. built you've effectively built this stadium you've built the modern vision of the club and you've you've ended this blight i suppose on your career record because that trophy drought really hung over him personally as well i think Mm. and uh yeah i think there was a sense that he should have perhaps taken the decision to step aside but then again like you were saying maybe there wasn't the club infrastructure that he felt he could leave arsenal and then be in a good position after him so you think he genuinely felt 
like custodian of the club about it. Like. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think he, I think that's what a lot of people perhaps don't maybe take into account sometimes. And I think I've been guilty of it in the past as well, that for him, Arsenal wasn't just a job. It was a lifestyle. Like he was, it was his life. It's, yeah. he's always, all the quotes he comes out about with like heaven and hell and he says, uh, when I die and go to hell, it will be easier for me than it will for you. Because he's borne so much of this, of the club's stress and the strain of it. And I think it's yeah. just because he doesn't really have a life outside of football, not to be rude to him or anything. Yeah, and, and what was it? 20, 23, 24 years? He was oh, it's that amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, any, anything anybody is involved in for 24 years, like... You're gonna you're gonna have fondness for it. There's no way it was it's ever got a bad place in his heart, or he'd have something bad to speak. No, 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 absolutely. Well, yeah, it's like he's been he was he's been Arsenal manager up until obviously Emery for my entire life. I've never known another Arsenal manager other than Arsene Wenger. So I think that's like I used to think. Uh, I used to think Arsenal was named after him because Arsene, <laughs> Arsenal. Genuinely, I used oh, I to think that, the club yeah. was named after him. <laughs> That's amazing. My sort of tiny five-year-old brain couldn't comprehend that coincidence. Yeah. And for, I mean, obviously it's a stupid thing to think, but it's not unreasonable. <laughs> no, no, I, I still think it. I still thought, <laughs> or, or, you know, vice versa, he changed his name. Uh, maybe he lost a bet. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, they were George Graham United before that. And... <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> Pat Rice FC. I think there'd be a lot of Arsenal fans who'd go for that. Yeah, no, to be fair, there would be. <laughs> With regards to like the squad as a whole, I mean, you know, we mentioned earlier about transfers, etc., and some of the bad dealings, or, or shall we say, the way Arsenal have lost money potentially at the minute. I mean, what are your thoughts on kind of the Ramsey situation with letting him go on a free, and then after that happening, him still just being the model pro and doing such a great job for Arsenal? I mean, is it quite hard for you, or? Okay, it's it's really really tough to watch on so so many levels because. I'm half Welsh, so obviously there's that link to it as well. And then there's the fact that he was the player. He's won us two FA Cups. He ended the trophy drought with a goal against Hull. And the the horrible injury that he suffered and the resilience that he showed, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally to come back from that was outstanding, really. And... The way that he has been used, certainly at the start of the season, it looked like Emery didn't want to place too much emphasis on him. He was sort of perhaps realising all the stuff going on behind the scenes meant that Ramsey wouldn't be there next season. Mm. And so in order for him to implement his style on the club, he needed players who were going to be there for the long run. And it's kind of just got into the situation where the race of the top four is so tight and... Mm -hmm the Europa League is getting down to the crunch stage. We just need him so badly. And he's just performing on the pitch amazing. I think he's been great. I think he's been, this calendar year, I think there is an argument you could say he's been one of the best players in the Premier League, maybe. He has been absolutely fantastic. I mean, I think there's some players that are a bit more mercurial, so they stand out more. But Ramsey is, I think, has a high enough standard, but without necessarily being on the highlight reel every week. Mm. Um, but there's there's absolutely zero doubt in my mind his credentials and the fact that he's going to Juventus, and I imagine will be starting in that in that team, perhaps probably replacing like Sammy Kadira or something like yeah. that straight away. And it, 
it does kind of show that it's not necessarily on bad terms um, as he is still still playing and still playing really well. But on the kind of flip side of that, you've got Meza Ozil who mm, seemingly yes. doesn't ever really want to play. Or, well, I mean, he wants to play Fortnite, but <laughs> <laughs> you've got the second highest earning player in the Premier League who's sick almost every week. I mean, how do you, do you, do you genuinely think he features in Emery's um, plans or did they reward him with a new contract simply to try and sell him on somehow I think he was given a new contract last January because Arsenal knew they were going to lose Sanchez and thought okay we can't have our two marquee players leaving in the same window when right. there's all the rumours that our legacy manager is going to leave as well because if you've got your three tent poles of the club leaving within the space of three months that's sort of potentially a freefall situation. So I think they thought, okay, we'll just give him whatever he wants to stay. And that's almost in a very weird way, pl- putting a tiny little plaster over this huge crack that he effectively is now to the club. And it seems harsh on him, but he is a huge weight around the club's neck. He's a drain on your resources. Yeah. And it's it seems weird and cruel to talk about him in that way but players these days are like assets and they're fluid financial bodies and that's what he is £350,000 a week could in theory be going towards an Aaron Ramsey contract but we can't afford to pay what Ramsey wants because of this Ozil contract and various other bad deals that we've done in the past Yeah, like Mustafi on £90,000 which is an atrocity (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that the, the Hague should be investigating, quite frankly. Yeah. So, so we're going war crimes in Germany again? Is that what we're yes, saying? Yes, we are. Oh dear! Get, um, get the UN on it. Get the UN on it. It's, oh, it's horrible. Serious. It is. Yeah, he is. He's a baffling player as well. I mean, we spoke about it last week, and, and Oscar said, "Yeah, obviously he's on ninety thousand, but." How? Why? Like, is he genuinely better than other centre backs? Do you mean in the universe of football players? I'm sure there are some centre backs which he is not worse than. <laughs> but I mean, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I've I've put the question to you guys on the uh, regular podcast multiple times. Various iterations of Mustafi. Why is he the worst player in the Premier League? Uh, how far should he fuck off? Uh, all these sort of things. I mean, if you if you are looking for someone who's gonna sit down in the box and just take a massive swipe at another player's legs <laughs> to give away a penalty, I mean, he's missed a dependable. Yeah, I mean, you can't you you know you can't fault that kind of commitment to just being shit um, and blundering through. But are they, are they not you know because they brought in Socrates and uh, should he not have been replaced already? Like it just gone completely do you think do you think he's kidnapped emery's kids <laughs> is there something sinister there i mean he's got something over him i don't know if you saw the there was a picture going around on social media of him and emery in training this week and it's sort of emery with the most perplexed look on his face like just staring <laughs> yeah. at mustafi who sort of has his head <laughs> half down as if he inside knows that he isn't any good but he's got this sort of Faustian pack with the devil where he just has to play <laughs> football for the rest of his life. But I'm ser- I'm searching back through my uh, Twitter timeline for the stuff that I've said about him. And 
let's just say it's not exactly com- <laughs> it's not exactly complimentary. No. <laughs> talking about no, how in the Newcastle game, Almiron turned him inside out, upside down, and across various planes of existence. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, we're not even talking about a good player doing that to him. I mean, no. like, Amron's fine, but, like, we're not talking about an amazing player there, are we? Jesus. Yeah, yeah. it's bad when you can be interdimensionally shit. <laughs> Against Newcastle. Yeah, and the fact is, there's possibly one universe out there, if you believe in a the multiverse theory, where potentially Mustafi is a good player. Um, but, I no, mean... Sorry. The- no, no, not even no, in that no, infinite sorry. probability. Then, okay, <laughs> fair enough. Um... Wow. So I mean that that kind of makes it obvious that you you potentially like to see a new centre back uh, coming in. But do you think that the time is kind of now that they will invest money with Emery? And if so, who would you what what kind of player or what specific players would you like to see Arsenal target? Do you think are realistic? It's difficult because we're still quite tight budget wise, so we need to generate money through player sales. So. There was a time a couple of months ago I thought there was a real possibility that Ozil could go in the summer. I think it was kind of angling that a club were looking to move him on. But now I'm starting to think the way Emery's been able to slowly reintegrate him back into the side, that's not going to happen. And I know there was a lot of news stories about how Mkhitaryan might be going in the summer and he's a little bit of a more versatile player He's, a, I think he's a little bit younger and he's not on as much money. So if we can generate funds, yeah, I mean, centre-back would be my priority for sure. Uh, there are ridiculous rumours going around that we're going to try and buy uh, Umtiti from Barcelona, which... Oh, oh yes. you'd love that, Chuck. You would absolutely love that, Chuck. I would you? love it, being able to say, mmm, Tiddy, mm, every titty. week. <laughs> He'd be the first player FPL team, like, straight in there, mate. I was going to say, would you buy an Arsenal shirt just to have his name on the back? That's the question, though. No. No, no too, okay. far. too far. Too far. I know the boundaries. But... Um, yeah, then there's there's a couple of good young players in France I know have been scouting. And uh, Dortmund's, Borussia Dortmund's got two young centre-backs who, even though they got absolutely torn apart by Bayern Munich in the uh, De Classica in the derby, they lost like 5-0. They looked, uh, they looked really promising. But I think Issa Diop is a French or Swiss centre-back who I know we've been keeping tabs on for a while. So... He's definitely one I'd like to see come in. And to be honest, I'd like to see Mavropanos given more of a run out because we brought him in, I think it was last January, he brought him in. And his first start under Wenger was away at Manchester United, which is showing a lot of faith in him. And Mm. honestly, if the choice was between starting Mavropanos and Mustafi, I would start Mavropanos, even though he's only had... 11 minutes under Emery. In I don't know. League. I think if the choice was there, you'd probably pick your nan over Mustafi. I mean, I'd, I'd be tempted to go and buy, buy a pair of boots and, you know, do some stretches in the stand, <laughs> see if I can catch Emery's eye. Do it for like 90 quid a week and see, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it'd be all right. So what do you think for, for the rest of the season? Obviously, you're in striking distance at the minute. You're sick after this game. After we this are game, still winning, don't worry. On, uh, after, yeah, after winning today, you know, let's be let's be positive for you, mate. You're on the pod this week. <laughs> we can go back to slagging you off next week. Um, <laughs> you know, you'll be, you'll be f- f- go up to fourth, um, overtaking, weirdly, overtaking a, a certain blue team of... Uh, oh, of Everton. Host. We're overtaking Everton. So oh, I thought we were already ahead of them, but you know. 
Well, you couldn't beat him at the weekend, mate, so come uh, on. Yeah. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you would be up in fourth, um, and you'd be on, you know, same number of games as Tottenham and one point behind, which you've got to think is, is unbelievable, their collapse. Um, yeah. I'm sure you've enjoyed that quite a lot. But <laughs> where where do you kind of think you'll, you'll round out this season uh, with kind of Premier League, Europa League, and which competition you'll be in for, for next year? Uh, it's difficult to say because on the face of it, Arsenal have the e- the quote-unquote easiest fixtures on paper, but the away form is such a big issue and there are a lot of away games. Like We've still got to go to Wolves, we've still got to... I'm trying to remember the other one. We've still got to go to Leicester and uh, I've ch- I've chalked off that Leicester game as a loss already, basically. Cause, oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, I mean, I thought, to be honest, I thought we'd lose tonight as well, to be honest. Because uh, the. Well, different... you're making a meal out of it. Are we really? I've got it on in the background here and it's just sort of. You, you don't look like you're playing 10 men, I'll be honest. Well, yeah, but you've got you're forgetting we're playing with Mustafi, so it's effectively ten. Oh, it's ten on ten. Yeah. It's ten on ten. Yeah, to be fair, Deeny just did the honourable thing. This will be amazing when he scores a, a scores later on. <laughs> yeah, it'll just yeah. be perfect. Uh, but yeah, so what what position? Balls balls on the balls on the block here. Balls Adam, on the block. Really? Well, I didn't know it was that kind of podcast, but yeah. yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the uh, yeah, no, that's after true. I hours. Did. I this is what did. we say for the Patreons. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash miles offside pod. Um, I th- if you're going to nail me down to a prediction, I would say we will finish fourth, and I also <laughs> think we will. I think we'll progress in the next round of the Europa League. I think we'll. I think we'll go through to the semi final. Uh, and I have a horrible feeling that we'll lose in the final to Chelsea, which would be unbearable, and that would kill me. Least of all because I know when that podcast pops up in my feed, I'm going to have to listen to it, and I'm going to have to sit there <laughs> for an hour and a half and listen to a verbal assault <laughs> from Oscar. Yeah, that's yeah, not going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, if you finish above them in the league, you know, it swings and roundabouts. Because they're fighting as Oscar's fighting for that fourth spot as well. So you know, but that's that's Arsenal's position to lose. That's the the classic Arsenal go to. Regarding this Watford game, um, Ozil's just come on, so you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Oh, good. Oh, well known for his solidity. He he really. <laughs> yeah, might... but it'll build it. It'll build like a good base probably, and it'll get like a good sniping spot. Um, I don't know how Fortnite works, guys. I'm just trying to be. <laughs> All right, that was a Fortnite reference. Me yeah, either. <laughs> genuinely, I had no idea. <laughs> trying to be down with the kids. A good effort, good effort. Well, interestingly, you have got you. You know, at the start of the year, you did put Arsenal in fifth in your predictor league. So I you did. Know, I only be going one better now. So they've surpassed your kind of expectations, <laughs> overperformed, if you will. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, thanks for that, mate. It's good to get like a bit of an insight into Arsenal and not just you know someone saying they're fucking shit i was going to say not just a chelsea fan railing about how we're overperforming our underlying stats but, uh... <laughs> yeah this is good actually oh, it's like no, one's, here. no one's mentioned the xg this week of anything and i genuinely didn't look any up so no one can come out with that fucking stat i was going to say i was tempted to do research in and just list xgs why why do research we don't mate Okay, well, it's time to look at some questions. And uh, we were looking for ones with an Arsenal bent this week, obviously, having a super fan on. Um, and we got a couple. Um, Sam Danby, one of our patrons, asks you, specifically Adam, 
Who have been your favourite linked players to Arsenal that have never happened and you wish they had? Uh, all time, I my favourite Arsenal player is Cesc Fabregas. And so when he was linked to come back to Arsenal from Barcelona, I was frothing at the mouth. I really <laughs> wanted that to happen. And then there was the double blow of not only did that not happen... But he went to Chelsea and <laughs> especially for that first season, he looked so good. It yeah. was, and I couldn't hate him either. It's like that. <laughs> I felt a little bit like a jilted lover, but I still had that. <laughs> I still had those fond feelings for him. Um, yeah. And then there was, we were, we've always been linked with a big striker, like pretty much as long as I can remember, like until we signed Lacazette, basically it was, Oh, Benzema's going to sign. And we were really close to signing Higuain. Like, I'm pretty sure he was in the airport. And then, I don't know, they he got the wrong flight and landed in Naples and signed for Napoli or something like that. I don't know how it worked. Did he try huh? doing no dem wingy? He was like, no, I'm going to the airport. Yeah. Um, that's it. Just pitched up, yeah. I'm going to sit in a departure lounge. Yeah. Who was that player that you signed who had a broken back? Oh, Kim Kallstrom, yeah. What <laughs> a legend. <laughs> An absolute legend. We signed him on loan from for six months. He played like two matches and scored a penalty in the FA Cup semi-final. And that was all he did other than lie on the treatment table and keep the physios company, I suspect. Yeah, get some free physio. Yeah. <laughs> well, the massages at Arsenal are apparently very good. So I can understand why he wanted to come. Is that like a public thing or... <laughs> well, if you know the people... Just if you hang around in the toilets that long or... I, I know some people. I'll, I'll speak to them for you, Chuck. Don't worry. We can, we can get you a massage. So numerous, numerous of the players that have been linked that you uh, wish you'd had. Well, do you wish you'd had Higuain? I mean... Back then. How, how was, long Yeah, how long ago are we talking? Yeah, This was when he signed for Napoli from Real Madrid. Right, okay. So, so this yeah. is sort of three, four years and about four or five stone ago. So <laughs> That's how we judge it now, yeah. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. You probably would have then, yeah. Um, and uh, Dave Soteo asks you a question directly as well. What's it like to support a team you know won't win the league, but also won't get close to relegation? <sighs> I didn't know if that was aimed specifically at him. And I was, oh, right, uh, okay. Adam, Adam, and I was confused because I was like... You thought that yeah, might be you? I don't know what the jeopardy is like of not being able to be relegated like i don't but i feel like crystal palace are established now like yeah from a, same. well well you say that <laughs> um i will always have that fear but i yeah. did see the other day that this is our first season since being promoted that we haven't finished a game week in the relegation zone oh really so you know progress i don't mean to sound patronizing but that's quite impressive um, it is I, it is kind of patronising I'll take it because we are shit and are there to be patronised so that's fine um, no yeah but we, I mean Dave, score goals. Dave's a Sheffield Wednesday fan so I guess it doesn't really apply to him because there is always a threat that they will be relegated and <laughs> I don't know if Australia can be relegated from international football but I'm sure they'd give it a go come on mate they've got Tim Cahill come on yeah, he did. Oh, he did score that great goal in the World Cup. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was like eight years ago, mate. Like, oh, that's true. It was four years ago, wasn't it? Eight years ago, five, four. I don't know. Some years, zero, some, four, or eight years ago. Yeah. Some time <laughs> between now and before, he done a goal. <laughs> yeah. 
In the long, long ago, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Re- referring okay. to the past as the before is excellent. <laughs> yeah, the before times. The before times, the many, we the many to, long ago. Well, as well, because, I mean, Oscar, how how long do we usually who? sort of... Yeah, who, exactly. Who's, who's Oscar? Yeah, who. But Oscar became a football fan how many, I mean, about eight years ago or six something? Months Every, ago. In, Sorry, six months, months ago. Six months ago. <laughs> Eight years ago, something like that. I don't know. And everything before then, he just hasn't. I mean, he mispronounced Paul Gascoigne the other week. Oh god, that was that was shocking. That was pretty. <laughs> that was pretty poor. That hurt. That did hurt. <laughs> I mean, my first word was Gaza. For fuck's sake, uh, <laughs> I can well believe that. Actually. Says a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so that is the before times for this podcast. I mean, we're otherwise we have to educate Oscar on. Properly old. I mean, how far how far back do we go? We yeah. So I suppose he probably doesn't know a time when Chelsea. He doesn't know Chelsea pre Abramovich, does he? No, no. He doesn't no. know the Dennis Wise. Oh god, that prick! That guy could just. I mean, he's already part of the that bloody rejects TV channel, the Qatar one, isn't he? He's is he? always on that with Keys and Gray. Yeah, oh, god. it's an absolute just cavalcade of <laughs> gammon TV. <laughs> Gammon, absolutely like Allardyce is on it um, Mourinho will probably be on it like Dennis Wise um, I don't know Adam Johnson's probably going to be on it soon oh. <laughs> Gee, yeah mean, well yeah Qatar the tiny atom that dared to dream the dare to dream and there's Richard Keyes going oh, I, 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 knocking off my daughter's friend it's fine it's all fine yeah it's, it's fine, fine. I'll, I'll remember to turn my microphone off it's it was just banter, guys. Just, just remember. banter. I love that. Yeah. Whenever he says anything fucking ridiculously moronic on Twitter, you just get immediately 200 replies to him just saying, it's just banter, Richard. It's just, just banter, banter, Richard. Total prick. And this flies under the radar, but his hands are worryingly hairy. Oh, 100%. It was, yeah. A gorilla, a shaved gorilla, barely. I mean, just... I was going to say, he looks like he's wearing a gibbon suit most of the time, which, given his views, you could easily believe he is the missing link. Awful, awful, <laughs> awful man. Also, I want, in, in the canteen once, I saw him and Martin Tyler do a fist pump, and I was nearly physically oh, sick. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. No no strong feelings about Martin Tyler, but I do have strong feelings about Richard <laughs> Uh Anyway. Prick. So, um... I thought we'd return to, because you put something on the WhatsApp group, Chuck, I thought we'd return to a question from uh, last week that Emily said about what's the most American thing you'd ever seen. And you put something on the WhatsApp group suggesting you want to change your answer. So I what- feel I feel I could upgrade it because obviously <laughs> we had, uh, yeah, because we had Oscar eat, entering eating competitions as kind of being the most American thing. And, Still and I thought Still that was it. good. And sort of obviously on a similar tack, um, I somehow, I don't know, but my internet search, my targeted ads are just going to be all over the bloody <laughs> shop. Who knows? Um, I somehow managed to find man kicked out of all you can eat buffet after eating more than 50 pounds of food. Um, just if that isn't American, just 50 hold, hold on, pounds. 50 pounds. Yes. Uh, about 23 kilos for our European <laughs> listeners. Um, if, if that doesn't seem American enough. He tries to sue them for $2 million. Um, This guy from Massachusetts, he went to a Golden Corral and he went for an all-you-can-eat. He spent about seven hours there, (laughs) had eaten between 50 and 70 pounds. He got asked to leave, got told that his meal would be free, but he needs to leave. And he believes it's false advertising. 
because mm. it was all you could eat. Oh my god! This is genuinely an early Simpsons plotline. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> and this is genuine. This is true. Yeah, it's it's on a proper like news website, and it's <laughs> you know, website. there's there's a quote from him saying, "With my income, I rarely go to the restaurant, so I try to get as much as I can for my money when I do." This was the worst experience I have ever had in a restaurant. Not only did they mm-hmm. kick me out while I was still hungry. Bullshit. Still hungry. That's a lie. 70 pounds of food in seven hours. Um, But they looked at me like I was disgusting. Well, you are. You are. Like I was not even worthy of eating there. I think you've shown you're probably worthy of eating everything. How, I mean, this is a ridiculous question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. How big is this guy? Like there must he, be a photo it, attached, surely. Well, I don't know if it's a picture of him, but if it is... It <laughs> well, looks... they've just got a stock photo of a fat bloke. Yeah, I mean, if it's him, I mean, it's... Bitch tit city. Like, <laughs> oh my god, it is bad. So what's you said? He's sue. How can he sue them for false advertising? I mean, like he all you can eat, mate, and he hadn't eaten all he could eat. Right, but so I mean, he's got a good argument. To be fair, <laughs> I, love, I love that you're falling on his side, Adam. Yeah, yeah it's like I'm starting to see his logic now. <laughs> yeah, I was but... not finished eating, therefore I did not eat all I could. He claims the disgust on the employee's face was visible and it has left him with deep Good. emotional wounds. I mean Good. they they can they'd be a lot less deep if there was sort of less of you. Um, <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't go that long. I mean there's there's employees that are lost in there. One guy lost a hand when he tried to clear his plate. I mean he definitely bought his big big plate for that one. But like, that is oh, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, oh yeah for sure. And I mean yeah, yeah. Oh and and I've also just seen, you know, in the same vein as Americans, you know, a Smithsonian employee was arrested for renting out dinosaur fossils for sex. So, you know, this is just great. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. Jesus Christ. And, uh, Adam, I don't know if you heard last week's episode. I mean, of course you heard last week's episode. Of course episode. you did. You're our only Obviously. listener. Let's have a lot on. <laughs> We've got he's our got only so on. on. He's on it this week. I know. Look, the <laughs> figures are going to go right down. Shocking. But we... Um, Checked our birthdays against the Florida man meme where you just yes. Google um, Florida man and your birthday and see what comes up. And um, Chuck's was great. The um, <laughs> bloke killing his wife with the machete named kindness. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, but yours is good. Yours is good. I won't say your birthday, but it comes up. Florida man, 71, accused of repeatedly exposing himself at eateries, placed on house <laughs> arrest. <laughs> I mean, this is democracy manifest, isn't it? I mean, are we sure? Are we sure this isn't linked to the last most American story ever? So maybe these yeah. two go round together, and this is like a team yeah. fetish kind of thing that they've got Very going possibly. on. You distract them with eating fifty pounds of stuff, and I'll just have a wank in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> it's very, very possible. 71-year-old Florida man repeatedly accused of exposing himself at restaurants and bars has been placed on house arrest after he broke his curfew just days after appearing in court due to the latest lewd allegations. This guy's been arrested at least 12 times since 2012, predominantly for lewd acts in public. So, I mean, yeah. it's good. It's good to see the elderly still keeping active within the community. Absolutely. I yeah. was going to say, yeah, it's important to keep an active lifestyle as you get older, and you know. Different strokes for different folks. Literally, Literally. Yeah, I mean, it, maybe he was looking for different strokes. From different um, folks. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or focuses, you know. No judgment. Yeah, no judgment, exactly. No judgment. I mean, if I'm 71 and still masturbating in a sports bar called Duffy's, then... Then you're living a good happy? life. Yeah. <laughs> 
don't know. Am I going to be happy? I think I'm going to be happy with that. Yeah. I think it just it wouldn't, wouldn't. You'd just be happy if you could get it up at that age. Exactly. You? Yeah. Without having a pop of bluey. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Pele has to, and you know, he was one of the greatest sportsmen, apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He scored six thousand goals, if you believe him. Uh, no, it's just gone up to seven thousand. He played a friendly yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he forgot he played a under sixes uh, friendly ages ago and just absolutely smashed everyone. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I thought your Florida man one was too good to too good not to put in there. <laughs> I, just, I asked you on the off chance and then googled it. it was like, yeah, yeah, repeatedly exposing yourself in eateries. Yeah, You're like that. Um, Chuck, though, we've got to check in with the Predictor League. I mean, my son obviously um, brought some shade against Oscar. Was that 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 was genuine, wasn't it? I mean, he's still still an eight year old is still keeping Oscar on the bottom of the Predictor League. How, how's the rest of it looking? I mean, thank God because yeah, he 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 nearly did Adam there and flew too close to the sun with insulting Oscar. But <laughs> yeah, it's safe to say Finley Finley's still smashing him by 12 points. Uh, Oscar's at the Good bottom, lad. 22. And he was also painfully factually correct at time of recording <laughs> that he is only two points <laughs> behind me recording. as well. <laughs> two points. Imagine if the two of you are like bottom and second <sighs> from bottom in the Predictor League, a game you created. God, that would be embarrassing. Bullshit. <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I make the rules, so um, I can just change. I've got a spreadsheet. I'll just change the numbers, um, yeah. and it's fine. It's fine, guys. Um, but I know Adam. Adam begged me off air to find out before, <laughs> and I've genuinely not told him what the positions yeah, are. Yeah, don't, don't make me sound sad or anything. You know. <laughs> no, no, don't make you sound sad <laughs> at all. You not want like the fifty card, fifty pound gift card? We understand. Fifty one. <laughs> that um, is true. 51 pounds, sorry. So we'll go through the top three. And in third place, John OG on 34 points. Um, In second place, but only by default because of the time of entry, is Mr. Ian Stimson on 34 points. Second. And Adam. (sighs) Adam P. Adam the P at the 3-5 who... You do indeed still reign supreme over the Mop Predictor League. You've dropped a little bit on 28 points. There's been a bit Mm. of a shuffle in your top 10. But I mean, you did enter like five weeks into the season. (laughs) See, I heard that last week. I heard that being raised last week. And I swear I wasn't that late. Oh, we need to check that. You're the last entry. (laughs) Last entry, mate. Better late uh, than never. Yeah, well, I still hold it against you. But um, (laughs) You you literally made the rules. um, Yep. Yep, um, <laughs> because at the start of the season, the only three people that had entered were us. Basically, that's true. we had no listeners. Yeah, that's <laughs> that true. was true. Yeah. Like we had, we hadn't even done a podcast yet. And so <laughs> it was just, it was, it was a wild gambit. I went with the game first. That not only did we not have any players, but we had no comprehension of the rules. Yeah, um, it's standard deviation, isn't it? In it, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it works. It's standard deviation numbers. Uh, yeah, numbers in it. Number wang. Um, <laughs> so yeah, still very close. Um, at the top and so all to play for at the minute but only four more games to go um, it will be very sad none of you pricks have even offered a suggestion of a game as well <laughs> of like what yeah. we can play next year that's you know low admin so maybe, we'll still um, have, maybe we'll still have so few listeners we can do this game again it's fine it's fine yeah I don't know whether I take it as, as a good thing or a bad thing well you're um, big in Norway so you know big get the Norwegians in, in. <sighs> Norway's um, dropped off we charted in Finland this week 
Charted what? Being yeah, I should have said we charted in Finland. Yeah. Is it because oh, we've impressive. mentioned Finley a lot and people have got confused? <laughs> Almost definitely. <laughs> Has it been that the Finnish tourism board has picked it up, thinking we're talking about um Almost definitely. Uh yeah, so hello to our Finnish friends. Um I'm not gonna do an Oscar and get yeah. it on the uh on the translator. It's notable that Finnish is one of the hardest languages in the world. Um so I'm not even gonna attempt it. So uh cheers. Um, yeah, that wraps it up for predictors. I mean, Oscar says I don't mention it unless I'm winning, but I am still beating him in the other game. Yeah, uh, whatever. Because I'm great. Yeah. <laughs> Fixtures! So, as we record, as we've mentioned a couple of times, obviously Arsenal and Watford are playing today. Um, Brighton play Cardiff after getting thumped 5-0. Haha. <laughs> ah, yeah, oh, good no, one. Come on. Right. I was say, you kept pretty quiet up till now on that one. Well, I just I didn't want to rub it in too much, mate. Yeah, because this is dub this is doubly good for Chuck because on the WhatsApp group, I suggested well, and on <laughs> and on the uh, mini pod that I do for the Patreons, patreon.com slash miles offside pod. Email.com slash whatever. But the thing is, the reason I was reticent to say it is that I can't advertise that because I suggested Captain in Duffy. Captain in Duffy and also made cases for having two, if not three, Brighton defenders in a fantasy Mm. football team. And as every goal (laughs) went in on Sky Sports News as we sat having a few beers in your living room. Adam, don't listen to Chuck. I (laughs) guffawed. And don't, don't looked on Twitter so, as the inevitable <laughs> meltdown happened. As I never suggested tripling up. I did, did get did. Ryan oh. and Duffy and suggested Ooh, Captain Brighton Ian. have got an 80% chance of getting a clean sheet. Ah, oh, do they oh. fuck? <laughs> right, and that was across both game weeks. It still could happen. We've got Cardiff, although by the time this podcast comes out, that will have happened and I could be very embarrassed. But, <laughs> yeah. yes, it was, it was an absolute horror show because you came to visit me in Peterborough and... We and that just, was a horror show. That was a horror show. Yeah, there was exactly. asbestos, and I still can't breathe. Wow, <laughs> my lungs are on fire. And we had a, had a couple of drinks while watching the scores come in um, for the second half. And oh my god, didn't you take absolute delight in every single Bournemouth goal that went in? Not just because obviously Brighton was suffering, but because I was suffering so <laughs> badly. Yeah, every- I mean, I still have Matt Ryan in my team, but um, yeah, but you come on, you were enjoying that because every every single goal I was trying chaos. to calculate whether Duffy was still in positive points or not, and obviously by the end of the game was in zero. So I uh, I know Oscar's not here, so I'll try and do the maths for you. But zero doubled is zero. Let me just get a calculator. Nah, nah, nah. We'll wing it. No one fact checks <laughs> us anyway. Well, it's a good job no one fact-checks us because I'm going to project now and take that away. Uh, Mike Dean's first red card was Nobby Solano against... (laughs) Oh, is it because he got his trumpet out on the pitch? Yeah, Um, exactly. He got his trumpet out. It was like nearly 20 years ago. My God. wow. Yeah, his first first red card. I've got a list of his red cards. I'll save that one for a Patreon special, bud. People can't wait for that. Um, I I think it's written by Mike Dean. (laughs) It's written for Mike Dean. Oh, my God, if Mike Dean did an audiobook autobiography (laughs) and it turns out he sounds just like Alan Partridge, I could fully believe it. Absolutely. Needless to say, he had the last laugh. (laughs) (laughs) In every single anecdote where he sends someone off. He goes through each hundred. Needless to say, I had the last laugh. (laughs) Yeah, off your pop. Um, 
So the fixtures, next next upcoming fixtures, game week 35. Um, again, FPL nerds, you'll all know there is a big, big double game week. So I'm going to try and rattle through these fixtures. So we have got Man City Spurs. That is in the league, not just in the Champions League. Ooh, weird. Uh, Bournemouth versus Fulham, <laughs> Huddersfield, Watford, West Ham, Leicester, Wolves, Brighton, Newcastle, Southampton, Everton, Man United, Arsenal, Palace. Ooh, oh dear. Cardiff, Liverpool, Chelsea, Burnley, Spurs, Brighton, Watford, Southampton, Wolves, Arsenal, Man United, Man City. Jesus. Ooh, thank God I gave up. God, you did that in one breath. Amazing. Um, so there's some quite some big fixtures in there. Um, obviously, Adam, we've got a little battle um, <laughs> as part of the double game week where you've also then got um, Wolves away. So mm. Palace at home, you shouldn't be worried about that. With your home, um, yeah. home form? No offence, but I am not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope. None taken, but none taken. Um, and yeah, it seems strange. Man City and Spurs will end up playing each other three times in the space of a week. But out of out of the kind of the list, is there anything else that's really, you know, you're looking forward to either uh, to watch um, as a fan, as a, as a neutral for your fantasy football teams? What are you going to be keeping your eyes on? Um, I mean, as a fan... I'm not looking forward to the Wolves away game because I'm pretty sure we'll struggle in that one. Because, I mean, even though they looked pretty dodgy against Southampton, was their last game, I think. Um, yeah, why not? Sure. Yeah, like I said, no one no, checks no it, yeah. <laughs> but Yeah, they lost 3-0. 3-1. <laughs> they lost 3-1. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, um, they're, a good, they're good against the big sides and we really struggled to even just get a draw against them at home so yeah I'm pretty worried about that one but uh, I think Liverpool are playing Cardiff away which for the the old fantasy football is a big one you know do you go with Mo Salah do you not all of that kind of stuff Mo Salah or no Salah that's often the question (laughs) Salah Salah Dodger as Shakespeare once wrote as as yeah Mo Salah Mo problems Um, but yeah as you mentioned Liverpool at Cardiff and as well in the title race, you know, City have got a huge weekend with Spurs and United and United could have a this big say. We, we haven't talked about the title race at all, but this double game week for fantasy football fans, this double game week for Man City is Spurs and then Man United. Mm. I mean, That's big. I know they've got a game in hand, but Liverpool have got points in the bank. And it's it's weird, the sort of um, 538 model has um, <laughs> has Man City Liverpool Brexit. Uh, Man City fifty two percent, Liverpool forty eight percent. But oh, other... and so the league isn't actually going to get decided for another three yeah, years. No, they're going to just kick and into it's going to keep getting grass, extended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, gotcha. yeah, it's going to get extended for at least six months. Yeah, um, <laughs> but um, topical point, points in the bank is points in the bank, and Man City have got two tough fixtures there, and Liverpool's running is pretty nice. I mean, other models have. Liverpool as strong as sixty percent. I've seen. Oh, wow, really? that's got to be. I mean, it's if 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 City get through these two. Yeah, it is. If City get through these two, I think. Yeah, that is exactly it. If City drop points, I mean, it, it's fully on, yeah, isn't it? But the, that's the yeah. thing. It's because as terrible as Man United looked against West Ham, I thought they were really really poor against West Ham. They were. Mm-hmm. They but were really poor. I could easily see United getting a draw out of that game because it's the old stereotype of it's a derby anything can happen but that is genuinely true Mm -hmm. yep and so I I mean at Christmas obviously it was easier at Christmas when Liverpool was seven points ahead but I thought they would win it then 
And even though they've let that lead slip kind of hilariously, I'm still pretty sure they'll win it. I, I've still got confidence. Oh, in wow, them. really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm, I mean, I even put a, a customary 10p bet on them winning it. So As many as 10? <laughs> as many as oh. 10 of my finest English pennies. Good lord. <laughs> but no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think they won't focus as much on the Champions League. Like, if push came to shove, I think Liverpool would go for the league and City would go for the Champions League. Yeah, I'd agree with that. We said very early on in the season that that's what City have been after since since they won the league under Mancini way back. Mm. Um, I say way back, what was that, nine years ago? Eight eight years ago, something like that? I mean, God, they've been super rich for a long time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so they, you know, they've always wanted that competition and always kind of fell short. So I, I can definitely get on board with that. But I don't know, the, the route for chaos in me and also, you know, <laughs> I don't want Liverpool to win the league. I, I mean, imagine <laughs> if Cardiff win on Sunday. Like, oh, oh. my God. God. I imagine Warnock's post-match interview. Oh, he'd have a lovely time. A lovely time. He really would have a lovely time. Jesus yeah. Christ. Then he would just start going around punching refs because he's just like, nothing can hurt me now. That's <laughs> it. We beat Liverpool. I am invincible. His wife like cheering him on behind. Go on, Neil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give him a slap. Casting spells on people. The Warlock. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, bit, I do, it's, a big, it's a big one for the title race. Definitely. Both, are, both of the miles offside uh, teams capitulated, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we failed this weekend. Although, although, you say that, Peterborough done a win, didn't they, mate? And they've won, like, more than none on the bounce. So, <laughs> yeah, more than none, yeah. More three than wins none. and three clean sheets on the bounce, yeah. Let's pretend that's as important. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're relying on Doncaster uh, slipping up just to stay in the playoffs, but, yeah. Might happen. Who knows? If if I don't go to any more games, it might happen. Yeah, just send your wife. That's it. Just send, yeah, send just the send, missus. Yeah, send the missus up there and you'll be absolutely fine. But yeah, we can check in on that. Um, I mean, I'm going to make it a thing. I'm going to yeah, make yeah, people I care know, I know. somehow. Us finishing eighth in League One. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, so that, that about wraps it up, up for this week. Uh, it turned into a bit of an Arsenal spectacular, which, to be honest, I'm okay with because I know how much it will piss Oscar off when he comes back and sends us <laughs> messages saying, you fucking shit zippers, let that guy on and fucking... <laughs> with his heavy fucking breathing. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's so self-conscious about that. If you, if you want anything to go at him, Adam, it's about his breathing. Heavy breathing. Um, okay. Heavy breathing, Noted. yeah, that's it. He started editing his own fucking nerdy newsstand now, so now he knows how many sniffs and fucking <gasps> I have to edit yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, I think the super producer intro will come back as he's earned a lot of respect for you fucking and what you do, do. <laughs> you and your craft, mate. Um, but Adam, thank you very much for coming on, mate. Yeah, it's thank been you, absolutely mate. fantastic talking to you and, and some real great insight into kind of a little bit more about Arsenal and, and where they're going. No, no problem at all. It was great to be on, guys. Thanks, mate, and thanks for supporting us. And uh, do you want to plug your Twitters and your podcast? Uh, yeah, so I'm Adam P on Twitter. I think my handle is at 35who, spelt out with letters rather than numbers. Uh, my It's a terrible handle. I should have changed yeah. it a you while ago. You just hate followers, don't you? No, I do. I just hate... <laughs> I hate hashtag content. Um, oh, I love hashtag content. And uh, yeah, my podcast in quotes is Adam in audio. I tweet out about it whenever I decide to do it. It's, I try and do it every couple of weeks. Uh, I've been slacking off a bit recently, but one will be coming shortly. I can assure you of that. 
You need to do what you did last time, which I really liked, where you went through each of the fixtures of the top four, predicted them, and then came with a league prediction. I mean, now you've only got a few to do. That would be... uh, I'd be interested to see who you'd come up with now. No, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll note that down. Adam in audio, check it out. There we go. Um, Thank you very, very much for listening as ever, guys. Thanks for all the Patreon support as well. Um, Again, patreon.com forward slash milesoffsidepod. And thank you, Ian, for for your hospitality this weekend and also for the editing work that you will inevitably have to do. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, sir. It's lovely to see you. Absolutely. Right, well, thank you very much for listening again, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye.